to the Daily Regrounding Podcast, a space where together we can step into and steep in the natural world around us. Through interviews with experts in life, health, and business, as well as some solo regrounding riffs, we'll create mindful moments and deep breaths, allow for perspective and pause, and ultimately feel more connected and deeply content. I am your host, Meredith Ewanson. Let's dive in. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to introduce it as part of a short artist series. And I've been really inspired lately by the artists I've been finding that are inspired themselves by nature and their work is inspired by nature. And for many of them, they actually use elements of nature in their art. And I find it to be so fascinating and such, um, so beautiful and such a great visual representation and reminder of slowing down and having just a simple appreciation for nature. So I really hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Molly Suplee, an abstract mixed media collage artist. Her work, inspired by the imperfect beauty of the natural world, embodies earthy tones and beautiful textures. She lives in Frederick, Maryland with her husband and fur baby and aspires to take her art full time. Molly, welcome. Thank you so much, Meredith. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast, so. (laughs) Awesome. I am so looking forward to chatting with you. And um, it was really interesting and kind of funny how I found you. So I found you through Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I think I mentioned this to you, but I was searching the hashtag slow living. I don't know about anyone else, but I literally will just search hashtags sometimes when I want inspiration or I want to just find some new you know, accounts to follow that I'm inspired by and, and want to connect with. And I was looking at the hashtag slow living and I saw, I was actually just looking through to try to figure out which of your posts it was. And I think it was when your patina collection came out. Um, and it was just this beautiful, captivating photo of you with your art. And I immediately went to your page, scrolled for a second and was like, oh my God, I love her vibe, her art, her colors, and instantly was like, oh my God, this is, this is so beautiful. So, and then I, I think I DM'd you right away and was like, I love your work. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) thank you so much. It's nice to know that the hashtags actually work sometimes. (laughs) The hashtag, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I have no clue. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I know. I think it's kind of hit or miss sometimes, but um, I think a few things really captivated me. I mean, you use a lot of neutral colors, which I'm wearing a brown shirt right now, which (laughs) is definitely my thing. Um, You use a lot of neutral colors. Um, Texture, I know, is something that is super important too that I want to talk about because as someone who I, you know, will consider myself like a color phobe, I prefer texture over color a lot of the time. So I loved that about your page. Um, And I also saw that you're in your bio, um, you mentioned like the, your phrasing was something like turn your home into an earth inspired sanctuary. And I was like, that sounds like the best. So (laughs) (laughs) so, like, do you, are you a kind of neutral color vibe person? Tell me what turning your home into an earth inspired sanctuary, like means and feels and looks like 
to you? So I am also a neutral lover, clearly. I mean, looking at my art and texture really speaks to me. And when I think about my home, I think of a place that's just super cozy. Like growing up, I always just remember my house being really cozy and warm, neutral colors. And so I think that kind of plays into it. And we live in, my husband and I live in a condo. So it, it feels homey, but it's also like, you know, you feel like you're right next to someone else and it's hard to really make it. Not that we can't make it our own because we've definitely done a great job, but just looking around my house right now, there's wood, neutral colors. I actually just went on a walk a couple hours ago and I grabbed some grass from outside, like the dead tan grass. And I just shoved it when I grabbed some twigs. I was like, Ooh, this looks good. And then I just shoved them into this really cool, like green olive um, vase that I got from the antique store. So just like bringing earth into your home and whether you're actually going outside and bringing rocks in or grass in or sticks or you're collecting a piece of art inspired by the earth in general, just turning your home into an earth inspired sanctuary really spoke to me. And I can't remember how I came up with that. It was recently, it was within the past few months. I was like, I want my art to, you know, bring nature into my collector's homes and then turn your home into an earth inspired sanctuary. Cause your home should be a sanctuary. You know, mm-hmm. it should be the place that you, feel the most comfortable in and relaxed. So that's kind of how that came about. Oh, that's so cool. And it sounds like your personal space, your home is really like, do you feel like it has to feel a certain way for you to feel inspired to do your art? Or is it just part, is that part of your creative process? Like to, to sort of do little touches and changes and tweaks and updates in your home, um, like as part of even your creative process with your art, does that kind of play into it at all? Yeah, actually, when I just mentioned grabbing the grass from outside, I was like, oh, thinking maybe I could use this in my studio to inspire, you know, my paintings. But then I quickly moved it over onto the coffee table. And now I'm like, because that's the first thing you see when you walk in. So I feel like because my studio is literally in the dining room. We just moved it. It was in our spare bedroom, but we're kind of rearranging some things. So my studio is just separated off by kind of a sheer curtain. Mm. So there's some sort of separation. So I can see my living space from my studio. So my living space has to feel some Mm -hmm. sort of way in order for me to paint some sort of way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It would throw me off if, you know, I had a bunch of bright, colorful stuff out here because that's just not my energy. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I've also seen, um, you post about, and I, and I have posted about this too, is like in, you know, you're in the mid Atlantic, you're in Maryland, I'm in new England. So we have seasons and part of the seasonal landscape is like death and neutral Uh and color fades and things turn to brown. And Mm -hmm. that is often my most favorite landscape is when there's like kind of the turning of the shades, like after the colors have kind of faded and everything's a different shade of brown or tan. Mm -hmm. I think it's often so overlooked and I find it to be 
so beautiful. In fact, when I was doing my last, um, like kind of landscaping, you know, sweep of the yard in the front of my house, like getting rid of all the dead flowers and stuff like that, I took some of the, what were blue, but now brown dead hydrangeas mm-hmm. and put them in a vase up in the bathroom. And they've been up there all winter. And it's like this beautiful shade of tan. And same thing with the sedum that like the succulent sedum, if you're familiar with that is like a plant I have in my backyard and they go to flower um, towards the end of the summer. And then when those flowers die, they turn this like burnt kind of maroon color. So instead mm. of just tossing those in the yard waste, I collected those and those are in a different face in like another part of my house. So, um, so I resonate, I feel like I resonate with you in that way where um, like just looking at the opportunity to see beauty in nature in not just color and what we think beauty might be, but also the texture and just, um, I don't know, having an appreciation for like the different phase of the seasons. Mm-hmm. There are so many shades of brown and tan and they're all so pretty, especially like, when they all kind of like blend together. And then it's just yeah. like, oh, it makes you just want to go walk over it and see what's going on. Yeah. I love it so much. So how did you become an artist? Like, where did this happen? Is this, have, have you been artistic since you were a child or is this a newer thing? Tell me like your story. Yeah. So I've always been artistic. I've used to love drawing. I, my earliest memories of drawing are of, (laughs) I used to collect Pokemon cards when I was in elementary school. So I would always redraw Pikachu (laughs) and just make, make up my own, um, not anime, um, I guess like little characters. And so I've always enjoyed that. And later in high school, I was thinking, all right, what do I want to do with my life? And art was, in my thoughts, but I was like, I, if I want to be an artist, I don't need to go to art school. So I went for marketing and I minored in graphic design. Cause I was like, okay, there's kind of like a middle ground where I can still be creative with graphics and, you know, I'm still getting a business degree. So that's the route I went. I painted very little throughout college. I didn't have a studio or anything like that. And then 2019 was really the year that I was like, okay, because I remember painting something for a family friend and it was, this is terrible, but it was literally a copy of someone's painting, which is not, I mean, it's okay if you're doing that for experimentation. And I wasn't selling the painting or anything. I was, she was like, I like this. Can you do this? And I was like, sure. Um, afterwards I just felt so like, I was like, oh, that wasn't mine, but you know, anyways, that's another story. So 2000, I think that was the year before. And then in 2019, I was like, okay, I'm going to regularly start to paint because that's, I I could just feel it in my bones that I was meant to be an artist, Mm -hmm. but it was all about just finding what speaks to me and what I meant to create as an artist. So I believe that was February of 2019 is when I created a little studio. I was living in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. This was before I got married. And I just created a little corner studio that was so tiny, but it worked. And then I just started painting regularly, taking art classes online. And then November of 2019 is when I officially made it a business. I opened my Etsy shop with 
I think I had, I don't remember if I had originals or if I just had prints available, but opened my Etsy shop and that's when it became official. And then 2020 happened (laughs) and that forced me to, you know, be inside and paint a lot more. And that's no last year. We're in 2022. So last year was <laughs> the years have been blending. It's crazy. <laughs> totally. So I I think I released in 2020. I released a collection, my first collection, which was called Layer Upon Layer. And it was just exploring collage. And I was really drawn to collage. Jennifer Daly, who I'm really, I'm really drawn to her artwork. She inspired me to experiment with collage. So I started doing that in 2020, but I was I was finding that my artwork just didn't feel like me, which is going to happen when you're experimenting. You're going to try so many different techniques and look towards other artists looking online. So I was just kind of playing around with everything. And then when I found collage, I was like, okay, this is, this is the route to take. And we can talk more about the process later. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And then my style just evolved to what it is now. And I'm still working full-time. I'm in sales. So I would love to transition to art full-time within the next year or two. So that's I see cool. that for you. You, I mean, you could have fooled me. I would, I mean, your, your work is so beautiful and you do Thank such you. a great job. Um, I, and no surprise, maybe you're an artist, but at expressing yourself and your art and, and sharing your inspiration, I feel like that is something that I definitely, um, was very connected to with, with just you on social media and your work is sh- how you share what inspires you, you know, on a random day or a random walk or a random drive. Um, those are the things I feel like I, I kind of do as well, you know, as I'm driving or walking, I really, things catch my eye and I really take a moment to enjoy it and pause. Um, and that's part of my practice. And it's so interesting how you have a completely different way that you transmute that into your art. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like that's something that, um, yeah, I just feel like I, I share that same reverence with you. And so I appreciate seeing that in, in your work and in your, you know, social media and stuff like that. And what, uh, tell us more about the like medium and materials that you love to use or that you're using right now. Cause I know you use like coffee and coffee filters, which is so cool. So tell us about that. I use so many things, anything I can find in nature that's textured like sand. So Mm -hmm. the main components of my work, I usually work on wooden panels because collaging, it's a lot easier because the surface is hard versus canvas. It has a lot of bounce. So like I was saying, Jennifer Daly really inspired me to look into collage and she uses deli paper. So I had purchased some deli paper and my work was just feeling like hers because, you know, I was doing her techniques. And then I forget, I think, I don't remember what made me do this, but I think I was just looking at the deli paper and then I was like, tea bags would make a really cool collage paper. So I had some tea and then I dried the tea bag out and I collaged that down. And I think it was chai tea and chai tea stains like a really pretty red tan. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. So then I started experimenting with tea bags and then I would paint the tea bags. 
And because they're so thin, the paint just kind of like lightly stains it and it creates a super cool effect. So then I started doing that, but tea bags are so little. So I was like, how am I going to scale this? So I was just doing small pieces at that point. And then I was in a sales call at a doctor's office. I'm in pharmaceutical sales. So I was at a doctor's office doing a lunch and they had a used coffee filter that still had the coffee grounds in it. And it was all dried up and it was sitting on the counter. And I went to throw something away and this coffee filter just like caught my eye. I was like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Why? And they're bigger, obviously bigger than tea bags. So I was like, why have I not thought to use coffee filters? So I ran home and it was, it was awesome. Just the way that I think my favorite part, sorry, I feel like I'm all over the place talking about my process, but I feel like my favorite part is how I have no control over how the coffee stains because Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a perfectionist. If I have too much control, I feel like I just overwork things and overthink things. So I think that's one of my favorite parts about my process is that a lot of it is kind of out of my control. So however the coffee dries on it is how it's going to look. And if I don't like it, then I don't use it. And if I love it, then I'll use it in my work. So then I started using coffee filters, but still coffee filters are only, you know, that big. So Sometimes I'll collage them in squares and fill up a background. And other times I'll just do teabag paper. So I was on the hunt for large rolls of teabag paper because Uh I was like, all right, if I want to create a 30 inch by 40 inch, there's no way I'm going to collage little tea bags all (laughs) over this canvas. You'll drink a lot of tea. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to take too much time. So what I ended up doing is I found apparently teabag paper is used in quilts. Like it's used as a, in in the middle because they can just stay in there because they can get wet. Mm -hmm. So that's another cool thing about teabags and coffee filters is they're, they're delicate, but they're actually quite resilient because they're meant to boiling water is meant to be poured over them. So Mm -hmm they work really well for collage paper. And I also will layer down linen. I really fell in love with the texture of linen and I can't, I can't remember the exact moment that I discovered that, but what I'll usually do is I'll take my wooden panel and then I'll collage down. I just buy 100% linen from the fabric store and then kind of use that as my base, as my canvas. And then I will take coffee filters or the tea bag paper that I found from a quilter. <laughs> so I buy that from her. She's over in the UK and you can buy it by the meter. So I can just take one big sheet and collage it down. And then I'll usually layer coffee, acrylic ink, limestone powder, which has a really awesome texture. And then sand is another favorite. And I've recently been experimenting with charcoal that I picked up from the Appalachian Trail. And then where my husband and I were, Shenandoah National Park, that's where we went. So I grabbed some from the fire pit that we made. I just scooped up some charcoal afterwards and I'll use that as little marks or crushing up and, you know, it creates a really fine black dust. So 
Anything I, that has texture. <laughs> yeah, I love that concept too of like not only bringing nature into the piece of art, but also bringing in nature that has memories associated with it. Yes. Into the art as well. So is it hard to sell pieces when you feel it, like, oh, that was my husband and I's trip to the Shenandoah National Park and that's our fire pit from Saturday? Does, do you feel attached? And like, is it hard to kind of um, let pieces go that feel really connected in some way? How do you manage that? So I haven't sold any pieces from that I've been using the charcoal with because I just I haven't, I picked that up after my last collection. So I haven't created, released a collection with that in it yet, but yes, it's going to be very hard. But just thinking back to the pieces that I sold last year that I was like, oh, I really wish I kept that because something about it just connected with me. For example, this one that I sold, it's actually sold to someone 10 minutes away. So I could probably just go to her house and stare at it if I wanted to. <laughs> but that would be a little creepy. So it was titled A Distant Memory mm. because something about it just instantly brought me back to when I was in Istanbul, Turkey with my mom. We visited for just vacation and we were in this really cool hotel and we knew someone who owned the hotel. So they were giving us a little like sneak peek before it was open to the public. And just from what I remember, it was really like raw and textured and there was a lot of raw wood and it just felt really cool. And something about this painting just instantly brought me back to that memory. Mm -hmm. And I just felt really connected to this piece. And it's one of my favorite paintings I've ever made. And I was like, I should have kept it, but I also don't know where I would hang it in my house. So it would be a disservice to it to just have it lying around and not on someone's wall. So uh, it is hard to let go. Like parting with your babies. I know it's tough, but that's but knowing they're great. great home. Yes, exactly. But I get them scanned and color corrected. So I still kind of like feel like I have it because, mm -hmm. you know, I have the file and I have the print. So it's kind of a happy medium. So how do you transition <laughs> from work life to creative life. Is there a certain, do you have any sort of um, like rituals or anything that gets you into creation mode? Um, how do you transition from like regular work day into art? Or do you always feel like, oh, so happy to like get to my art right now? Like what's your kind of balance between those two different things? Yeah. So the, the job I have right now is, is pretty flexible with time and it allows me to work on my art in the morning. And then, you know, in the evenings when I get home, because we don't have any kids yet, so I can, I can do that. So in the mornings, I'll, I usually wake up at five 30 and I'll either paint something, although sometimes it's kind of hard because it's still dark out or I'll do um, like email stuff, but I always try to make it a ritual in the morning. I get so excited for my morning coffee, even though it's just black coffee, but I really think that creating rituals out of things, just something as simple as, you know, drinking morning coffee, I'll light a candle, I'll put some soft music on at that point, my husband's usually gone. So it's just me and Luna, my cat. 
and I'll hang out with her for a little bit and, you know, step into the studio and then I'm off to work and I'm just constantly thinking about painting when I'm on the road because my office is my car. So I spend a lot of time alone at work until I'm in the doctor's office talking to people. But in the car, I'm usually listening to art podcasts, your podcasts, business podcasts, audiobooks, everything. <laughs> and right now, like you mentioned, with you know winter kind of bringing all the colors down, I get so inspired on my drives just by the grass on the side of the highway. And I think I mentioned in a post the other week that I just want to pull over sometimes because it's just so pretty. But yeah, then usually when I get home, it is harder to transition from, I feel like it's easier for me to transition in the morning from, because I can wake up knowing that I'm going to work on art and I'm excited for that. And then when I get home, it's like, kind of tired from the day, have to do dinner. And then, so then I'll usually work on art in the evenings after my husband and I eat dinner. So it is tough to find a balance, but I feel like I've found a pretty good balance right now, but it will definitely be easier when I can just focus on this full time, especially yeah. when you have a kid, whenever that is, you know, that's going to, I don't know how I'm going to have time for all of that. So yeah. People figure out a way, I think. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like it sounds like that actually like is a good balance where your work is away from your house. And then when yeah. you're at home, like it, it is your sanctuary, it's your studio, it's your mm -hmm. space um, where that can stay kind of your studio, your inspiration versus work is kind of like on the other side of the door, you know? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, that yeah. probably is a nice actual physical break like the door <laughs> yeah I wouldn't be able to work from home I would get way too distracted <laughs> my yeah. studio being right here <laughs> yeah and so what what kind of landscapes um inspire you the most I mean is it kind of this season that we've been talking about like this kind of fall or winter season where things are kind of graying and tanning and or there or is there any other specific landscape that um really inspires you, even if it's not, you know, necessarily where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, I would say just the tan flowy grass, there's this section of highway that I drive by all the time. And the way the grass is just like, it's so hard to explain, but it's so soft, but you can tell there's just so much going on within it. So I think right now, just the tans and like the olive green of the evergreens that are out mm -hmm. on the side of the highway are just really inspiring. And even just the dead grass, like as simple as that sounds, just like on my walk earlier, I'm like, this dead grass is just so pretty. I want to take a picture, but I don't know if anyone else would think it's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> um. But I do find aerial views too. Like if I just come across a picture online, cause I don't experience aerial views, but sometimes my artwork, my husband will be like, that kind of looks like an aerial view of landscape. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. And then something will pop up on Pinterest and it's, I think it's a piece of artwork, but it's an aerial view of the landscape. And I'm like, wow, that is so beautiful. Mm. Just the way, like, especially if there's water in it, the way the water is just so organic and creates such a cool natural shape. I guess I, whether I do it on purpose or not, 
you know, incorporate that into my artwork. So I always find that really inspiring too. Yeah. And I think I know the same or maybe a similar grass that you're talking about here in Rhode Island, we have like beach grass and especially this time of year, it's, it's, it's just tan, but it almost has this like golden yellow kind of look to it. Um, and it's, yeah, it just, like this morning, for instance, when I was at the beach and I, I imagine you agree with me, but sometimes the most beautiful days I think are the overcast Mm -hmm. mornings where the light is diffused and it sort of really like emphasizes some of those different contrasting colors. And it was just the most like looking at the sand, the ripples in the sand with the different shades of grass, like all kind of stacked on each other, like on the Mm -hmm. dune was just so pretty. Um, And I just, yeah, I just love that beach grass so much. And I feel like it's probably something most people don't really pay any attention. (laughs) Probably not. But that's funny that you mentioned, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I love it. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the overcast day, kind of highlighting the colors, because I noticed that a couple weeks ago, um, there's this little back road that's like 10 minutes from my house. And I love driving through it. It's bad because I feel like my eyes are barely on the road because they're just on the side of the road looking at all the grass. But it was a, I think it had rained the night before. So everything was wet and it was overcast still. And the colors, it just, it kind of took my breath away. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't remember this stretch as much as I love it. I don't remember it looking like this. All the colors were just intensified times 10. And I was like, this would be a really cool photo shoot spot. Cause in my head, I was thinking maybe I could bring a painting out and kind of take a picture of the painting where it was inspired from. And then, so the next week I went back to scope out a spot and it was a super sunny, bright day. And I was like, what the heck? This looks totally different. Like the colors are just so muted. There was something about all the grass being wet and the sun being away that just made it look so rich. And I really wish I took a picture that day, but next time. Yeah. And being someone who like, I go, you know, usually to the beach because as I mentioned, I live on the coast. So there's a few different beaches here and I go to the beach every day. And I feel like some people would be like, don't you get bored of going to the same place? And I do go to different places sometimes and different times of year we'll go to different places. Like I don't go to the beach as much in the summer. Um, it, it just oh, starts really? getting crowded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts getting crowded and dogs aren't allowed. So if I'm walking my dog, like you can't uh-huh. in there. Um, yeah. and it's just, yeah, it just gets crowded like tourists and stuff. So I'll go elsewhere. But, um, but like, I never get bored of going to the same place because it looks different every single day. Mm-hmm. And even if it looks, maybe the weather is similar to another day that I remember, I'm going to find a different shell. The mm-hmm. sand's going to look different. The tide line is going to be at a different place. It's going to smell different. There might be different sounds. Um, so there's just so much to explore even in a place that you either drive past, like in your case, that's where it sounds like you get a lot of your inspiration is when you're kind of coming and going places, but Mm -hmm. like it, you can go to the same place over and over and it can look totally different. Like your example of, of it being wet one day and it looked totally different than when it was super sunny and bright. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I just, that fascinates me so much that going to the same place, even 
different seasons, different days of the week can really look completely different mm-hmm. and yeah. have some different inspiration. For sure. And I hope that my art inspires people. That's kind of the message I'm trying to give is to inspire people to just slow down and, mm-hmm. you know, pay attention to the little things that that's really what the patina collection was about. But I really feel like that's what all of my paintings embody because it's kind of painting has made me appreciate nature and the earth so much more. Like I've never had, I've never, maybe I have, and just didn't notice it, but I feel like I never paid attention to nature. Like I pay attention to it now, but I think it's because I'm so inspired by it to, you know, using my painting. So it's kind of like forced me to, in the best way ever, you know, to actually pay attention to these things. And even if it's not nature, if it's just like, (laughs) this sounds funny, but dumpsters are really pretty, like rusted dumpsters. And I'm just like, I feel like the average person would just walk by that, but I just want to take a picture of it. (laughs) So just, I guess my goal with my artwork is to inspire people to find beauty and the unexpected and to slow down and enjoy your surroundings, you know? Yeah. I was actually just going to ask you about your art and in being inspired by nature, being really an art itself of slowing down, like a practice of slowing down. Do you feel that uh, creating your art, but also the process from inspiration to when you start a piece is a form of meditation or mindfulness in any way? Yeah, I do. I like it to be a slow process. I don't like to crank out my collections. I'll usually give myself at least, at least four months to create a collection because I want my art practice to feel slow. I don't, looking back at pieces where I I know I rushed, I'm like the energy just, even though someone else may not pick up on it, I know the energy's there. So my paintings feel so much better to me. And I feel like they do look better. You know, if, if I think of it as, a you know, sort of a meditation and I always, I have to have music on some sort of music. It depends on my mood. Sometimes it's hard rock. Sometimes it's Indian music, but it's typically Indian music. There's something about the flutes and, and, you know, that kind of music that really sparks my inspiration as well. So, but yeah, I do think of my practice as being very, you know, slow and mindful and it's relaxing and sometimes it's stressful, but you know, that's always going to (laughs) happen when you're creating something. Then you just keep painting until the stress goes away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because I know each painting, like I know it's going to work out. Like the painting is going to be what it's supposed to be. And this may sound super woo woo and cheesy, but I feel like sometimes I'm just like the hands creating it. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it's me, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I'm not a religious person. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, but there's something that happened that when I found my, you know, quote unquote style, it just felt different. Like it, it felt like it was coming from another place, but I was also creating it. If that makes any sense. I completely agree with you. No, I understand exactly what you mean. I feel the same way for me when it comes to writing. Yeah. When I'm creating a meditation for someone or when I'm writing something, I don't like 
of course I edit in some way, but I don't like edit myself. Like I, I let it flow and come through and trust that mm-hmm. whatever is coming through the way that it's coming through is it's, it's not about me. Yeah. It's like filtered through me. Sure. But it's really like meant for the person who's going to receive it or read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like once I kind of had that level of trust, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in my work that, um, it's not that it became easier. It just became more true feeling. And I think it, yeah. it, it feels more resonant with who either whoever it's meant for, if it's something I'm creating for someone else, or it just, even sometimes I'll read what, even if it's like an Instagram caption or something, I'll read it later. And I'm like, who wrote that? (laughs) I'm like, who's that? You know? And, and I think part of it is like, and I've talked about this before a little bit, like, I don't really feel like creativity is owned by the person who's doing the creating. Like Mm -hmm. it's filtered through that person. They're influenced by it. They influence it. But if we hold too tightly to that creation and our influence on it, I feel like that's where we can get into perfectionism and control. And that's where we can sabotage the, the piece, whatever it is, whether it's art, whether it's words, whether it's, I don't know, maybe a musician might feel the same way. So it's mm-hmm. almost like this kind of like loose, but intentional hold on the thing that's inspiring us so that we can just let it come out, mm-hmm. you know, let it happen. So don't feel like what you said is too woo woo because I a hundred percent, a hundred percent resonate with that. And I think that is a practice. Yeah. I think creativity is its own being. I'm assuming you've probably uh, read or listened to the book, Big Magic. Mm-hmm. It was a while yeah. ago, but yeah, I have. Yes. Yeah. So she talks about Liz Gilbert. I think that's the author. She talks about how ideas and creativity are these, I guess more so ideas, but kind of the same thing are these like beings of their own that find a person to, you know, emulate whatever it's supposed to be. And that kind of, and when I read or listened to that was like, wow, that's such a cool concept, cool thing to think about. And then I think that was before I started creating the work I'm creating now. And now I'm like, I totally get what she was saying. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like for me, that is kind of the de- definition of being in flow. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a creative flow, that's what's happening. Yeah. Is, is it's flowing through you and you're able to receive it, be a part of the process and experience, and then release it in the way that it needs to kind of, you know, come out so that people can see it or read it or hear it or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. So yeah, I, I totally feel that way. It's very interesting. Sometimes you're like, Oh, okay. So this is coming out of this right now. <laughs> like this, this is like, feels a little different, but it feels, yeah. it feels good. It does. Uh, so your next collection is coming out in April, yeah. right? April Traces of nature. Mm-hmm. Tell us the vibes. Give us the inspirations. I just got butterflies in my chest. <laughs> so I've been ma- I've been working on this collection since hmm, 
I guess since January, end of December. And like I said, I like to give myself plenty of time to create a collection and pick up inspiration and all that. So Traces of Nature is about letting go of perfection, which mm. is what we were just talking about, letting go of perfection in your home, in your life, wherever, and enjoying a more organic sense of beauty. So a lot of most, all of these paintings are going to have really loose, organic shapes. And the vibe is actually inspired by the painting I was just talking about, A Distant Memory, because that one just like resonated so much with me. I just loved everything about it. So I'm like, I want to create work that makes me feel that same way when I'm creating it and looking at it. So this whole collection is kind of inspired by that feeling. And um, there's another painting I created called Mushroom Fields that was inspired by a bunch of mushrooms and it's very um, contrasty. So same vibes with those two paintings are, it's gonna be very similar in this collection. So lots of texture. I'm focusing on uh, neutral contrast. So like the colors I'm seeing outside right now, tans, burnt orange, olive greens and really focusing on contrast with lights and darks and contrast with textures. Mm -hmm. So I was just listening to an artist this morning talk about how when you're looking at a painting from far away, and this is Nicholas Wilton, um, and something catches your eye. Like if you're driving past the gallery and you look in and something, a painting just catches your eye. That's the loud conversation. But then when you get close up to this painting and you're noticing all those little details, that's the quiet conversation. And the way he said that, I was like, wow, I never thought about it that way. And that's pretty awesome. So now thinking about this body of work, I want them from far away to feel like, wow, like I need to get closer to that painting and see what's going on. Kind of like how I feel with the grass outside driving, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I need to get closer and see what's going on. So that kind of lends itself to this conversation of slowing down and paying closer mm -hmm. attention and looking at the detail. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. The quiet conversation. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Isn't that great? I, I've never been really good with words. Like I know in my head, I'm like, okay, I know what I want to say, or I know how I want my work to feel. But when it comes to verbalizing, it's really hard. So it's really interesting to hear how other artists speak about paintings. Cause I'm like, yes, that's like kind of what I was thinking in my head, but I would have never said it in that way. So yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And I imagine as you're creating a collection, like you've said, it take, you know, you might give yourself four months to do what, maybe a couple dozen pieces, something like that, or how many I'm are you probably going to have 13? So, okay. so not, not many. I mean, my process, I'm still kind of, I don't want to say perfecting because it's nothing's ever perfect, but I'm still, I guess, experimenting with more efficient ways to create my paintings. Because like I mentioned earlier, if I, you know, collaged a bunch of little teeny tiny tea bags onto a 30 inch by 40 inch that would have taken forever whereas mm -hmm. now I have that large tea bag paper that I can do a lot quicker so I'm still fine-tuning efficiency I guess 
on the back end of things to, you know, hopefully be able to create more paintings. Cause I would like to have like 20 paintings for a collection release, but at this point that's not going to happen. So, yeah. And I imagine during that process of, you know, creating a collection, there are times where like your creativity or your inspiration kind of dips. Mm -hmm. What do you do during those times? Do you have anything that you do that like regrounds you into that collection, your own practice of your art? What do you do? Where do you go? And how do you recognize when you're kind of in that space? Yeah. So that actually just happened this week because I was in the studio every day working on these paintings the last couple of weeks because I was in the groove that creativity was coming out of my hands and flowing out of me and I was like yes this is great love this love this everything I was doing it just all felt great and then I think I was just needing a little break as of recently because a couple pieces I was like "Mm, I'm not thrilled about this and I overworked them And I overworked one and I should have left it. And I'm really mad at myself because it was great and I ruined it. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, that's a sign that I just need to take a step back and get back into inspiration, whether it be like, that's also why I went on a walk today and picked up some of the dried grass. Cause I was like, I just need to be outside, whether it's just going for a walk around the loop that we have in our neighborhood or like this time I went into the woods and foraged grass and some twigs and that helps a lot and just paying attention on my drives to all of the colors and textures and tree bark is also very inspiring so just making sure I'm focusing on these little details when I'm on my walk so I feel a little more inspired but I think it's going to take a week or so to get back into it. I've kind of um, set paintings aside right now. It's also why I like to give myself a lot of time for collections because I know it's not just going to come easily all the time. I'm going to need to give myself some breaks and I can't just paint every single day. I mean, I could, but not for like efficiently, you know? So right now, My next step is to work on prints. My print collection is releasing for the patina collection. So I do have a lot of computer stuff to do. So that's kind of an excuse to step out of the studio for a second. I just cleaned it. That's another thing that helps is my studio was kind of looking like a bomb went off. So I cleaned everything and I just feel now I'm like, okay, I just want to paint again, but I'm still just going to give myself at least a couple of days. Yeah, that, that, that's so good that it sounds like you know your own flow and process and like what to do when you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm seeing the signs, it's time to pause. Mm-hmm. And then having like a practice that sounds like kind of gets you, I don't want to say back on track because I really don't believe that that point of, I call it like state, like the creative stasis, like that point of sort of like, mm, I'm feeling a little blank on this right now like isn't a bad place to be it's just more Uh like recognizing like okay this is where I'm at this is I'm at like the trough of the wave here and now I need to go do my inner work you know get inspired and reconnect and reground so um I feel like that process yeah talk to me about like the creative community online 
um, that you, I feel from my perspective anyway, feel like you're a part of, like, I feel like I sort of entered this portal of these Mm -hmm. artists who are inspired by nature by finding you on Instagram and everyone seems so supportive and Mm -hmm. so like connected to each other and really supports each other's work. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that true? Do you feel that way? Like, can you tell me about like, what, what is like the artist community kind of online like for you? And what does that mean for your business and connection and inspiration and your creativity and stuff like that? There's a, there are a couple artists that I talk to pretty frequently who are also inspired by nature. Um, I will say that I, that's one of my goals within the next year is to build a more of a community um, because it can be hard online with Instagram. It's very loud. So, but it's a beautiful place because you can connect and meet so many other artists that are also inspired by the same things you're inspired by. And it's really cool to see how a very similar inspiration can, you know, look so different with different paintings. So I love the individual connections I've been able to make. And this is mainly through DMs. I haven't, I don't have anyone's number or I haven't been able to you know, become super close with anyone, but I am also part of a little mastermind group of, I just joined. So I can't remember how many artists are in that and we're meeting once a month. So that's awesome to just be face to face with these other artists and feel like, you know, I have art friends because my friends are awesome, but they, they don't like art. Like, and not that they don't like art, but you know, they don't, it's different. So it's cool to be able to connect in that way. And then I'm also a part of The Collective by Emily Jeffords. And that is a really awesome community. It's a monthly membership and there are so many artists in there. So every time I have a question, I mean, I always prefer to bounce it off of an individual person. So I'll reach out to, you know, the people that I'm closer to through DMs. Um, But it is nice to have a collective you know, community of people to reach out to if, you know, you have a business techie question that, you know, you can't find an answer to. So I think community is very important. And like I said, that's one of my goals is to build a bigger community. I actually am working on a freebie for artists right now. So I can, because I have an email list, but there are people who are interested in collecting my art. So my goal is to create an email list segment for artists so I can start actually talking to artists one-on-one. So my little freebie is a resource guide. So I'm working on that right now. And it's just going to be business tools and um, like medium stuff from my studio to yours kind of thing. And so that that will be a way to get people, other artists onto my email list. And then I want to start with just like a once a month email on, you know, bringing nature into your studio, how to use texture in your artwork, just like cool things like that. Because I think it would just be so cool to be able to talk to people one-on-one, even though it's through email and they may or may not respond, but it still feels more intimate than Instagram, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would love to create a workshop. That's mm-hmm. my goal. I'm hoping for January too, because I think January is a good in month. In person? To- 
No, it would be online. Oh, it cool. Would be like oh, a, cool. That means I could do it, right? And I'm, I'm not yeah. an artist. Can non-artists do it? <laughs> you, no, Luna. Sorry, my cat just scratched me. You're an artist. Everyone is an artist, whether they see it or not. <laughs> oh, awesome. But, I love that. I yeah. love that. And I will say that um, I'm on your email list. And A, it's beautiful, as you would imagine. But you share really, really, like, I really enjoy your emails when I get them. I know not, like, I have an email list too. I get it. Not everyone wants to be on an email list, but um, I really love yours. And I also love that you provide a free printable print Mm -hmm. for people who sign up for your email list. So if someone loves your art and they want like a little bit of a taste and and they want um, something that they can just print. And I think you even um, maybe give some uh, tips as to like the best way to print it. So it looks nice, like good paper and stuff like that. So yeah, I love that. I thought that was a super creative and smart idea. Um, so yeah, I think people should definitely join your email list. Where can they do that? What's your website and how can obviously people connect with you on Instagram too? Yes. So my website is mollysupleyart.com. And I have multiple places where you can join. And then I usually send at this point, I'm starting to gear up with more emails because my prints are coming and my email, I mean, my, um, um, my original art collections coming in April. So, and that's, I'm trying to get better with sending valuable, useful emails because emails were hard when I first started. Cause like I said, I'm not a writer and I'm like, what the heck do I say? Like, I have no, idea. it would take me literally hours to make an email. Cause you have to make them look nice too. And so it's gotten a lot better and I've, um, it's, it's rolling now. So, and I have a lot of really cool ideas for emails that I think my list will find enjoyable and helpful. So yeah, yeah so that's how they can sign up for my list. And then Instagram it's Molly Supply Art. I think I'm the only Molly Suplee spelled the the way my last name is spelled. I haven't been able to find another one, at least artist. And that's S-U-P-P-L-E-E. Yes. M-O-L-L-Y-S-U-P-P-L-E-E. Awesome. And we'll, I'll put that in the show notes for sure too. So if anyone wants to connect with you, um, join your email list, find you on Instagram, uh, and also your email list are the first to hear about when your collection releases. Right. So if you are interested in her art, definitely get on her email list. And is there anything else that is kind of top of mind for you, um, that you want to share? This was awesome. I never get to talk like this out loud to, you know, to someone it's nice to share. I love sharing my process and my inspiration. And I do that a lot on Instagram through videos and whatnot, but it's so fun to actually talk, you know, talk it out loud. So I just really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. And this has been so great. I always love knowing and learning kind of the behind the scenes and the inspiration and the process behind people's creations of any kind. So this has been Mm -hmm. super fun. And I always end my interviews uh, with a few rapid fire nature inspired questions. They're very easy and simple. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) And I'm curious if ours are going to be the same. So let's Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sunrise or sunset? Oh, that's hard. Sunrise. 
<laughs> Underwater or on the ground? On the ground. <laughs> Stargazing or sunbathing? Stargazing. A colorful landscape or earth tones? Obviously. Earth tones. <laughs> and the that's coast. easy. The coast or the mountains? The mountains. Yes. Five for five. Really? <laughs> Same ones. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Prize. Well, Molly, it was so, so good to chat with you. This was amazing. And your artwork is beautiful. I can't wait for people to check it out. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Meredith. I appreciate it. I want to invite you to an upcoming event, Nature Nidra for Connection and Creativity. This is a free online experience with me to guide you back to yourself through nature. Yes, it is going to be soothing, relaxing. You're going to feel connected. It's happening Wednesday, March 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to do a live Nature Nidra regrounding meditation, and this visualization is going to calm your nervous system and help you connect with your innate creativity. We're going to talk about what regrounding is, my seven touch points into nature, cultivating your connection, and I'm going to share with you a sneak peek at my new live offering, Nature as Ceremony. I'm really excited and I hope to see you there. You can sign up at bit.ly slash nature nidra. That's bit.ly slash n-a-t-u-r-e-n-i-d-r-a. And if you didn't get that, I'm adding it to the show notes so you'll be able to find a link there and I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Daily Regrounding Podcast. If you loved it, I would be so grateful for you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening as well as share it with a friend. If you want to work with me, you can go to my website, MeredithEwinson.com and have a look at my current nature-inspired meditation, mindfulness, and movement offerings. I'd love for you to connect with me on Instagram at MeredithEwinson. Thanks again for listening. And remember, with just one breath, one moment of awareness, or one step into nature, you can reground back to you.